0: Even though it's been nearly 30 years, I still remember it somewhat vividly when our two children, two at the time, and I would most weekday afternoons sprawl out on the floor with some Cheerios to watch Sesame Street and then Mr. Rogers. Personally, I did not care much at the time for Mr. Rogers. It was because he followed Sesame Street. They had Muppets and music, and it was lively, and it was loud, and there was even a little bit of humor thrown in for adults. And then there was just this kind of quiet, shy, you know, it just felt slow. My thinking has changed. Maybe it's 30 years have passed but apparently America's thinking has too. You know there's a Fred Rogers revival going on right now? There's a documentary out. It's in town at the Alamo Draft House. There's a major motion picture underway with Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. There's a lot of buzz about Mr. Rogers. Among the many things he taught us, many, many things, one of them was to be thankful. The simple act of saying thank you When someone shared their Cheerios with you or when you got a bike for Christmas, you were supposed to say thank you. And evidently, Americans were listening. According to a 2015 poll, 78% of us said at least once a week, we have a profound sense of gratitude. 78%. This psalm that we read this morning is a song of thanksgiving, a song of gratitude. We only read the first nine verses. There are four stanzas, and each one of them is about having been through some experience and come out of it and giving thanks to God. And like many songs, there is a refrain, a line that gets repeated over and over. Let them praise the Lord for God's hesed. That's the Hebrew word, hesed. 250 times this word occurs in the Old Testament. It's the most important word about God in the First Testament, hesed. It gets translated steadfast love, which is okay, but doesn't quite touch the heartstrings. Picture parents who adore their children. That is hesed. A lot of people think of God in the Old Testament as harsh and judgmental, no, the most important and recurring word is God's steadfast love, God's amazing hesed. You know that during this series on the Psalms, Carlos started it off by writing a newsletter article in which you were invited to submit via email or these little forms in the foyer, you could write down your favorite song of all time. And some of you did that and some of you have not yet done that, it's not too late. We're going to send them to the Smithsonian, something like that. Now, I don't know what we're going to do with them. But even if we did nothing with them, just taking a moment to think, what is my favorite song? I peeked this week at the, those that had come in. There was everything from Sinatra's My Way to Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. There was uh, hymns, there was classical, there was rock. I wonder... You know, actually, the best, the, the number one song, though, the only one that got more than one vote was the hymn that was we'll sung sing at the end of the service today. I was there to hear your morning cry. Maybe, maybe, because we sing it in the voice of God, and it tells the story of God's hessed. But I was thinking what we should have done. It's a little late, but what we should have done is said, okay, submit your favorite song of all time, spiritual, secular, doesn't matter, Doobie Brothers, we don't care, and your favorite psalm. Favorite song and favorite psalm. There's no way before this series I would have picked 107, but I'm leaning that way now because I think this is our song. This is our story. And I'll tell you why I say that. In the very first opening lines, you heard it, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands. And then here's a familiar thing. From the east and from the west, from the north and from the... And you would expect it to say the south, and in English translations it does, but it's not that way in the Hebrew. The scribes were so upset with this, they thought, oh, it's a mistake, and they changed it. But actually, I don't think it is. I think it was meant to sort of upset you because you were expecting it to say from the north and from the... But instead it says the sea... It's likely a reference to Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage and through that Red Sea. This is our song because it is a time to remember the darkest moment of your life that God brought you through and to give thanks. I mean, it, it, it could be when your daughter was in that horrible accident, hit by a drunk driver, she was in ICU, and she came through miraculously. Thanks be to God. Or that time when you lost your job and weeks turned into months and the self-esteem plummeted and then you found work. Thanks be to God. That's why we sing the doxology every week, from whom all blessings flow. We give thanks to God. There's an old tradition that the Jews at Passover sing a song called Dayenu, which is Hebrew for enough. It would have been enough, the song says, if God had only brought us out of Egypt. It would have been enough if God had only brought us through the sea. It would have been enough if God had only fed us manna. It would have been enough. We sing praises to God for what God has provided. But let's face it. Gratitude is a bit more complicated than Mr. Rogers made it out to be. For instance what are we to say about the daughter who was hit by the drunk driver and was killed? What about the person who didn't find a job? What do we do with gratitude in a world of suffering? Is it enough to say, yeah, I know families are being separated at the border, but thank God mine's together. No, no. Any theologian or pastor worth her or his salt will tell you, God does not cause suffering. God does not conjure up volcanoes out of the Pacific so that Hawaiians can learn a lesson. Evil is a mystery, but God does not cause it. But what is clear is that every good gift in your life is from God. We choose to believe that, that every good thing is gift from God. The other complicating factor Is the difference between saying thanks and being truly grateful. You know, any child can be taught to say thanks. Now, what do you say? Thank you. But that's far different from an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thankfulness. Theologians call this having a sacramental worldview. It's the notion of seeing God in everything, God present, God gifting us. Maybe the best way to explain it is with a story. When Harry Truman was finished with his presidency, moved back to independence, he had this routine that most every day, he and his friend, who was a pastor, Thomas Melton, would take a walk. And they pretty much went the same path and they almost you know, inevitably would come upon this one big ginkgo tree. And Truman would excuse himself for a second, go over to the tree and come back. When Truman passed away, someone asked Pastor Melton about it and he said, oh yeah, Harry would go over every day and he would say, You're doing a good job. That's a sacramental worldview. Now, if you're thinking, Well, that, 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 I don't know, that's kind of silly. Maybe, or maybe he's on to something. Maybe there is something in all of us that, even in this secular age, longs to find spiritual meaning and to give thanks to God. Do you know about this thing called Manhattan Hinge? Not Stonehenge, you know that one. Manhattanhenge is, well, it's the New York City equivalent. Twice a year, happened not too long ago, it'll happen again another week. The sun sets perfectly aligned with the east-west streets. And people flock outside and come from long, far distances just to experience this lined up sunset. Why? I mean, it's kinda cool, but Because I think, even though it can be explained, there is something in us that wants to say, wow, in God's world, and to give thanks. It happened last year with the eclipse. People were moved. I don't know if you noticed the the quote on the bulletin cover. We, We don't pull those out of a hat. I worked hard on this one. The best way to thank a gift giver is to thoroughly enjoy the gift. I did not learn that from Ronald Rollheiser. I learned it first from one of my two best friends. He lives in Iowa and by all means and all measures, he's wealthy, but he's also so generous. When our kids were little, he bought the airfare, hotel, and tickets to Disney. The kids got fanny packs with cash in it, and they could spend it however they wanted. And when those kids grew up and it was time to go to college, he and his wife had contributed significantly to their college fund. What do you say? What do you do? You, you can't write a note and say, thank you so much for college. I mean, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't do justice to it. And he said, the best way that you can show your appreciation to me is to tell me how much fun it was, how much they are getting out of it. The best way to thank a gift giver is to thoroughly enjoy the gift. So think about it. If you want to be grateful for the family that you have, then thoroughly enjoy their presence. If you are grateful for the blueberries you picked and put on your oatmeal, then revel in them. Savor the wine that you drink at a dinner with friends. Give thanks to God and thoroughly enjoy the wedding that you didn't know you would live to see. I mentioned the Mr. Rogers revival. We even tapped into it this summer, four Wednesday nights, talking about Fred Rogers. I did some research, well, I watched YouTube, And I was watching snippets. They don't have, at least I didn't find whole episodes, but they have snippets from Mr. Rogers, and you can Google it, and you can be on YouTube, and it'll thread you for days and days. You can be there if you want, but there's one you should look up. It wasn't from the show. It was from when he won a Lifetime Achievement Award, an Emmy, 1997 at the Emmys, and you've seen this. It's the big theater, it's fancy. The women are in gowns and jewels, the men have on tuxes, all the beautiful people are there. And then they announce Fred Rogers, Lifetime Achievement Award. He gets up, he's got a tux on, not the sweater. He makes his way up, everybody's clapping. I mean, they're really clapping. Maybe they grew up with Mr. Rogers. And they think he's kind of cute, you can tell. And he gets up and what are you supposed to say when you win an award? Well, what he taught us to say. Say, thank you very much for this award. And so he says, thank you. But then he does something nobody else has ever done as far as I know. He says, you realize that every one of you, there was somebody who made it possible. And I just want us to take a moment and give thanks and think about that person. And then he says, you know, maybe we could just take 10 seconds or so. I'll, I'll keep the time. And he looks at his watch. And for 10 seconds, the place is just quiet, except for tears and it is quite powerful. And I thought, you know, that is such a cool idea, but isn't that what we do every week at this time?